You can say amen to that. I hear some of that. Good morning, church. Those of you here in the room and those joining us online, if this is your first time or continuing time, I want to encourage you, if you're already coming, keep coming and invite the others. And for those of you online, if it's the time for you to come and join, fill the seats here, you're welcome. And those who may be just joining online or in person, we want to encourage you that. What we do here is what we're going to be talking about. You already experienced that in singing of songs and reading scripture and all of these things that God has called his church to be and to do. Well, you saw that video where Pastor, it's really Pastor John Tadonia, I think I can see that now, that uh, was the voice over that that we built. This series we're going to go through is talking about build, and today we'll be talking about one of the foundations we want to start on when we talk about building, and we'll be answering that profound, simple, clear question, who is God? But every believer of Jesus Christ, everybody who trusts him, who follow him, who is a disciple-making disciple, you need to know that God wants us to build. This is a physical building that we know that it was built based on some ideas that people have, but that was a foundation, a design that was made. Jesus said he will build his church, and he has chosen you and I to be part of that building of his kingdom. The kingdom of God is the now and the not yet, the present and to come. So we're living in this kingdom time that God has called us to build. And we want to know God more, who is the builder. God himself built in creation. And God wants his church to be in the business of building his kingdom. Building is hard work. You know, if you look here, we, uh, some of the guys who know how to do this well, they pulled some of these designs in the back, if we can get a camera on this one. This is something they looked at to build this church. This is actually, for those of you who are in the ring, this was the blueprint, the design, in which people drew and then they built the ring many years ago. But this building you are in, and any of your own buildings, you know, at your home, your place of work, there's an also design. This is the one for this building we're in here. If you are able to capture that, you can see there were some specifications to build. And we don't have to ask questions because we're already sitting in it. God wants you and I to build, whether it's our individual lives, whether we're building our career, whether we're building our families, whether you're building your business, God is in the business of building. And so today, as we start the series, next week we'll pick up our, after we know who is this God, we answer that question. Next week we'll be talking, Pastor Rob, we'll be back here with, if we worship God, how do we worship God? He who wants us to build. Then we're talking about prayer and reading the Bible. But today, the profound question is, who is this God? Who is this God who is asking each one of us, in this room and online, each one of us, God wants to be in the business of building his kingdom. There's no other job description that is given, whether you're building it in parenting, in your marriage, wherever God is calling you, you need to have a commitment to build. Maybe sometime we even need to build our reputation. We need to show that we are Christians, we belong to Jesus, followers of Jesus. We want to build him's kingdom. 
So the Bible story we're going to look at, we always want to start with one story in one scripture, is Moses in the book of Exodus. And Moses is a great example for us to see who is this God that has called us to build. We're going to be talking about God, his name, because he's the one who told us to build. Our idea of God changes everything that we build. So we do not look at it from a human perspective, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a member, but you look at kingdom building from the eyes of the almighty God. So we're going to read the story where we see God has already revealed himself in many parts in the Bible. But we come to Exodus chapter 3, where we're going to look at where God tells who he is. And he said, if you know me, you know my name, then you can build upon what I have told you to build on. So if you can, you are able, I'll be reading, you can please stand, we'll be reading Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 15, where we'll see uh, we'll be basing some of our passage on today. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, the father, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said to Moses, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And this, at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of, of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. And now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And, at this, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of our fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the God, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. 
This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generations to generations. So now, Lord, we are calling upon the name that is above all the names, the name Jesus, the name God our Father and Holy Spirit. May you hear us now, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Names are very important and names reveal a lot. The weeks, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about when Paul was in prison in Rome and he wrote the names of his friends to the church in Colossae and he was commending those who were there and those who were with him. Names reveal a lot about the character, the nature of that person. Those of us who come from our West African culture, sometimes some of our cultural things don't transfer over here when we start to live in America. So there are three experiences I've had here, and one of those are personal, but the first one is, we have a Nigerian family. They had their first son right over here at 434 Hospital. And in that culture, in their tribe and culture, the naming is a very special ceremony. So they were not going to reveal the name at the hospital. Well, you just can't do that. You know, you're not going to have all the documentation, social security, the login, all of that. So sometimes we just have to sneak the name, but they didn't give the name. We just say, this is the son of Sean and Mo. So they came home. And then later on, the founder is a long process when you leave the hospital to reveal the name. Naming also takes a very special grand event. We've had some of those on the campus here. So we have a Ghanaian family. They had Richard and Anastasia. They had their son, their firstborn. And so we were going to have a naming ceremony. They really prepared the room. We've had two of their two boys, one in the rink and one in a room upstairs here, preparing like it's a wedding ceremony, the tables and everything. And then it will be a special reveal of that name because the name is going to show the character, the family, and everything that they do. And my son-in-law too is a rule follower. They now had three boys. And each one of those, we, they have to reveal that name. You know, I think the first one, every name has a meaning and every name had to be revealed in a special way. So their first son, we actually had to do that. And I told them the lesson at land, just let the hospital know, don't broadcast it to all your friends to know that. But then they gave the names, you know, uh, Roman, Christian, and also now Wells. Each one of those are names that reveal those three boys. God had to make his name known in the story with Moses so that Moses can know that I have an authority, I have someone behind me that I build with. So if you're thinking about how does God want Northland to build, today we're answering that question, who is God? What is his name? And how do I build upon that name? So we're going to be looking at a couple of those scriptures we just read. But A.W. Tozer is a great man of God, a historian. He told us some things about when we have to know a name. He said, you can never know who or what we are till we know at least something of what God is. Think about that for a moment. You may have think you figured out life, but A.W. Tozer, and we'll see how that is supported by scripture today, that you have to know something about this great God who has called us to build. So we see in the scripture here how Moses and God are going to have this encounter, this conversation, that God reveals himself to Moses. 
So here are a couple of things, if we go back to the text, to the scripture we just read, where we start to see who is God? You know, that's a great question, and let's see the answer can come only from scripture. Because the reason why that question is important, because mankind had shown their own way to answer that question. Some have actually produced their own gods. Some have really made who is the God. You know, when you create a God, that's how small your God is. You worship it if it doesn't work. We saw that in the book of Genesis. The people wanted to make a name for themselves. That didn't last. Paul in Acts chapter 17, you know, with the people in Athens, they had made a God, and they said they're the unknown God. You and I will worship a God who has a name, and that name has been revealed. His character, his nature, his attributes, and those are what show who God is. So let's start by looking at some of these in the scripture. Verses one to five. God in this encounter with Moses shows who he is by his attribute that he is holy and loving. Who is God? God is holy. The experience in the place where Moses was, he said, I see this fire, but nothing is burning. The majesty, the grandeur of God. But that reveals a holiness of God that is a set apart. God is pure, God is clean, God is above any reproach. And that is the holiness of God, that no evil dwells in our God. But at the same time, how do we know that God is loving? In the context of his creation, he did not distinguish, he did not destroy this bush that was burning. He just showed, look, I love you, I am holy, but you can come to me. The Bible over and over tells us that God is love. God is holy. Those two things go together. So Moses was able to experience that. So think about who is God. He's holy and loving. Next we see in verses 4 to 6 that when God has a God, is a God of relationship because he calls Moses by his name. He said, Moses, Moses. Well, God our Father who is holy but still can be personal and relational. So God in his relationship, he knows your name. He knows your name. He knows your name. He knows all of us, our names, wherever we are with him, he knows the name. So God makes a call to Moses by his name. Because God knows his name and his holiness in this place that was, you know, when it says that God told Moses, I am holy, take off your shoes, that was a cultural expression of respect and submission. That you're in the presence of the Holy One I have a relationship with. So God has a relationship not only with us by knowing our name, but the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is God's expression of his relationship, all equal. God is 100% Father, God is 100% Son in Jesus Christ, and God is 100% in the Holy Spirit. The mystery that you and I cannot just explain. But God continues with Moses here to make it clear that I am a God, I see, verse seven, I have seen. A God who sees everything means that God is, has, is omniscient. God knows everything he sees. Us here, there online, God sees us. There's nothing we can hide from God. God knows our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions. God is all seen. And he said, all, all knowing, I'm sorry. God is all knowing when he sees he's omniscient. The knowledge of God is great. The knowledge of God in his word. 
the knowledge of God of all things. God knows all things that happens. When we teach kids, maybe in Sunday school, at church, or in school, they ask these questions. Oh, God knows me. I cannot hide from God. Science and technology are just a means to show who God is. Because God who sees and God who has all knowledge. Moses also writes here, when God is speaking to him, God say, I have heard. God is present everywhere. There is no place that a holy and righteous God cannot dwell. Say, if you go to the heavens, I am there. If you go to the bottom of the earth, I am there. God is present everywhere. He says, God fills the heavens and God fills the earth. He is present. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. He said, the almighty God, he is in everything that he has created. His power and his greatness leads there which we also see in verse 7 and 8. He said, I am concerned. I have come down. So God ushers himself into this world by showing that he is all-powerful, omnipotent. The power of God to sustain what he has created. The power of God who knows you. The power of God who knows me. And the power of God who can see everything, know everything that it is. So we worship that God. Even these days as we think about members of our body who are suffering, whether it's Afghanistan, whether it's down in Haiti or wherever, God is present. God is present because he's all powerful. Evil does not take away God, but he's there. So like Moses, when you encounter the majesty, the greatness of God, how does Moses get to know God? And this is what we see in the next verses, verse 11 and 13. He says in 11, who am I that you, you should go and tell Pharaoh? Verse 13, suppose I go and tell them, what will I send them? So anytime you want to know God, bring him the questions. God can answer any question as he chooses. So Moses is like, who am I? What is your name? How can I know your name? And so questions and queries are important. If you've never come to faith in Christ, seek him by answering questions. Read his word because he reveals himself in his word as we answer the questions. God is the one that will meet us where we are. Or if you're a Christian, you're walking with God, you have the why, what is happening. God in his word will reveal himself and tell us that I have a name and you can know me by my name. I read a story some time ago, they've even shared that story, some of you remember on this platform, about somebody who was trying to find out, you know, from her. The story is told of Denver Airport, and when um, the flights are all grounded, nobody's going to be on the flight or overbook, and everybody's waiting. And so you know how the agent is going to be at that gate trying to talk to everyone, you know, calm, writing your questions down, and just waiting, and there are everybody in the terminal. The line can be from here, way there. And so this businessman just came right up to the front to the agent and said, hey lady, you need to book me on the next flight and I'm in first class. You need to get me there. Wait a minute, the, latest, the agent said. Sir, I think there are other people who were before you. And the guy said, do you know who I am? Do you know my name? Huh. Then the agent just picks up the microphone and now this is going to go all throughout the terminal. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a man in front of me here who does not know his name. Can you help him? 
And everybody just laughed because he didn't know his name. She said, go back to the back of the line and you will come to the front and I will serve you when it's the right time. God has a name. You know, there are so many names of God that in every language, tribe, and kingdom, that, uh, tribe that God has given, that people can say God in many names. I cannot give you all the names of God. We'll be here till he comes. Because everywhere from Genesis to Revelation, God has made his name known. We may look at some of these, and the names are his covenant, his relationship with people. Every name of God is to meet a need we have. So as we go through these names of God, we're going to be looking at that. We say, God, that name meets my need. This is where I am today. That name is what I need. I will call upon the name, and I will show those names. Secondly, all of these names of God are revealed in his son, Jesus Christ. And we can see that every name is in Christ Jesus. So with Moses here, we'll go back to the text in verse 14, where God reveals his name. He said, I am who I am, verse 14, and then I am the Lord. So let's take a look at these names that God reveals, and I hope you will be able to memorize all of these names. There's so many of them, and maybe some of these are written in a language you can read, but these are in many different languages. Everybody has a name of God that is based on Scripture. And the first three that we see revealed in the text here, in verse 14, he says, I am that I self-exist, not created, not being, but has always exist. And God says, I am. And the same I am, you can say that is Yahweh, or he can also say Elohim. El is power, majesty, and greatness. All of these are human words trying to describe a majesty of a great God. And even the Hebrew people, sometimes they don't even want to say the word Jehovah. It is so holy and sacred that they just use some alphabets, you know, or consonants that they can use, J, W, and J, W, that to show Yahweh, God who is ever-present, God who is everywhere. And Jesus himself says, I am who I say I am, that Jesus is it. So even when people can't say the name, they use the other name here in verse 15 when it says, the Lord, the God of our father Abraham, Jacob and Isaac. So that's the God. Do you know him? Do you know this great creator? Have you experienced him? Do you live every day in the power of a God who is the creator, the God who exists, the God who is a person, the God who speaks, the God who exists three in one? He said, Elohim, Jehovah, I am. That is God. The rest of the scriptures, you can go from Genesis to Revelation, you can read so many names of God. Like I said, some people said 365 days of the year, I can have a name of God, but you can have all of those in one day in walking with God. So we're going to be looking at some of these names, I will just mention them, and we are challenged. Every time you read the scripture, look for God and his name is right there in his encounter with people. The Lord, the creator, that is a name that is given to God. The Lord, the creator, the one we read in Genesis who created all things. He gives himself name. He said, I am the Lord creator, Jehovah Bore. And he says, I am the one Jehovah, that is the mighty one, the great one that created everything in life. 
all days of the week that God created and he continues to live in his creation. And we are the ones that God has created and through Jesus Christ, God has created us in new life in him. He is the God, the creator. Next we see that the Lord our God, the Lord our provider. Now the story that reveals that name of God, because like I said, each of these names reveal, is the story in Genesis chapter 22. When we were in Genesis, we read about Abraham going up to the mountain to sacrifice. And by faith as he was going, he was carrying his son and he was carrying wood. And his son said, Dad, here's the wood for the burnt offering, but where is the sacrifice? And we read in Genesis chapter 22 where this name comes from, the Lord will provide the lamb for the sacrifice, Jehovah Jireh. We all have needs in our life. We have questions that we don't answer, needs for our life day by day, whether it's in your family, in your business, or whatever you do. God is the God who is the provider. We want to build a church. We want to build a career. We want to build a family. God is the one that will provide. Every need you have will provide. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If you come to me, you will never, never be hungry again. I am the living water. You will never thirst again. God is our provider. Do you trust him? Do you count on him to meet those needs? But also God says, I have another name. And the one will look at the Lord, our banner. And the story there is told in the book of Exodus, everywhere the children of Israel to possess the land, they were going to conquer the land. Every time they had victory and they will have to call upon the name of God, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord who is our banner, the Lord who will protect us, the Lord who will be over us. Have you experienced that in your daily life that there are times that you just went through something, you will know only God has been my, my banner, Jehovah Nisi. Right now, brothers and sisters, whether in Haiti trying to get protection provision, or those in Afghanistan, in our brothers and sisters, in the mountains, in the hills, in the valleys, and everywhere they are hiding, we pray that Jehovah Nisi, his banner will be over those brothers. Those even who are going through suffering right now, Jehovah Nisi will be their banner. And you know, one of the things we heard, one of our elders here shared this with us. You know what the people are saying? We trust this Jehovah Nisi so much that we're not about the government, it is about the gospel. You know, that was very touching to some of us hearing that because they know that Jehovah Nisi wants us to proclaim him and he is our banner. He protects, he is over us, Jehovah Nisi. Next, we love the Lord, our healer, Jehovah Rapha. God knows our needs because of sin, there's sickness, there's disease, there's pain and suffering in life. And so we need healing. Sometimes that healing is going to come from a real uh, 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 physical healing by seeing the doctor or taking treatment, that healing. But God knows that when Jesus came, Jesus went among them, he said he was doing good, he was healing the sick. He can bring healing to us. And he will choose many ways to bring that healing in our bodies, in the pain and the suffering we have. God is our healer, Jehovah Rapha, our healer. You know, sometimes the healing is not going to take place because some of you I can see from the room, you have the same disease I have that is healed in a different way. You figure that out? 
you know, this is, this is something that is wrong. So the healing only takes place this way, that I can be able to come back and read my text. Jehovah chose to bring healing through that. Maybe you have contact or whatever. God is the healer. He can do miracles. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He's our healer. And also he said, the Lord is our shepherd, a popular scripture we read that even tells us many of the names of God. In Psalm 23 we read, and in John chapter 10, the Lord is our shepherd. He will guide and he will protect us. He will be in the confusion in the world. God is going to be there in these troubled times to be the shepherd that will lead us. You know, by his rod and the staff he will direct us. Do we trust that name of God that wherever there's a doubt and confusion and you don't have answers, God has promised he will be your shepherd. The Lord is our peace, Jehovah Shalom. Oh, how we long for that in these days. Whether, wherever you get news from, whether you follow, things just bring pain. You just can't have peace in this time of storm. You know, the healer and the confusion we have peace over this year, we've been going through pandemic and different variants of virus. God, our healer, is the one we trust to be able to protect us. You know, that same God is the one we call our Father. We read in Galatians, Abba, Father. And we've all taught the prayer, our Father who dwells in heaven and he also dwells on earth. God is Daddy. We can call him that in our local language. We read that prayer. It's a prayer that we talk to our Father. Father of the homeless. Father of those who are not faithful. He's still your Father. Father of those who know that somebody has abandoned me. God, our Father, will never leave us. Call upon Abba, Father. The need you have, Abba, Father, will be there. And we read also in the story we read in, in Genesis, the God who sees. He says here in the scripture in Exodus 3, um, 7, I have seen. You know, there's another story in Genesis where we see that God sees everything. We read the story of Hagar. This young girl was, was destitute, a single mom. She was running away with the baby and don't know what to do. And God says, reveal himself by his name, Jehovah Elroy, the God who sees. Are you hiding from God? He's seen you. Stop doing that. He's there. He's present. God who sees everywhere. There's nothing hidden from him. And also back in Exodus here, we see El Shaddai. You know, songs and scriptures that people have had to this wonderful name of God. God Almighty. The God who has all power. The God who is majestic. Even Abraham, when he was going into enemy territory, when he was struggling, God said, El Shaddai, I am almighty. I will defeat the enemy. I will be with you. Are you in a tight spot these days in life? Whether by yourself or the situation around you, El Shaddai. El Shaddai, he will never leave you nor forsake, nor forsake you. The everlasting God, El Olam, the God who brings hope to us, the God who says, I am there, I am the everlasting. Lord, you have been our dwelling place from generation to generation. You know, that's a wonderful thing in the body of Christ. You see God's faithfulness to one generation of families, he continues, he is everlasting. God is eternal, the God of victory. And God made it personal when he came to us through Jesus Christ. 
And one of the names we call Jesus is God, we call him Emmanuel, God with us. God tabernacled, God dwelt among us. He is there, he is present, and through his son, Jesus Christ. And who said he will send him, he will be the savior of the world. God is present. And then God says, I'm never going to leave you. I will always be with you. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, A to Z. Oh, that I will trust this God. I will build upon him who has called me to be the God forever and ever. Now, every time you read the scriptures, I'll give you a summary list of just the ones I have mentioned because all of this is so many. You're not going to remember those and great team of people, they do all of this. I just talk and they were able to, to give us a list that you could see just the 15 or 16 names we've mentioned today. But every time you read in the scripture, start looking, start desiring that I want to build God. Show me who you, I am, the God who is self-existent. That is my name. The Lord who is the one that we provide. The God who is the Lord, my shepherd, will guide me. The Father who sees everything, the almighty and victorious God. Do you know him? He said, I am, and he is the everlasting God, our Father. Father, in every way you can ever know God, I desire that Northland Church, we want to build our individual lives. We want to build our career. We want to build the church of Jesus Christ, who he is the chief shepherd. But he says, know my name, and you go out and build if God is asking us to build, there is a response. When God reveals himself to us and he says, this is who I am, well, that's not just a fancy name. Every one of us, we have a name. We don't just want that name. That name tells me you do something, you know? And the people who chose your name, they know there's a virtue, there's a nature, there's, a, there's something in you that your name. So if God tells us he has a name, what, how do we respond? Moses did. He asked questions. Verse 11. You know, Moses is questioning God. Ask the questions about God. If God reveals himself to you, the questions will bring clarity. But also God says in verse 10, I am sending you. When you know God, he is going to send you. You need to inquire and say, God, okay, what's this thing? I belong to a church. Where are you sending me? Where am I going to be part of adding and multiplying the kingdom of God at Northland? I'm already here. But God says, I am sending you like, like Moses in the wilderness here. God said, go and release people. There are people in suffering, in bondage, in pain. You and I are the one that are called to. It's not easy to go into some places. Last week, Pastor Rob was telling us about, let's go. Let's go to the schools, educators, teachers, family, friends. As you get to go, God also says, I will be with you. He said to Moses, he said in verse 12, I will be with you. The presence and the promises of God are always going to be with us. What are you holding back in telling his story? What is stopping you from proclaiming the great commission? What is stopping you from declaring that, yes, I need to tell the world about Jesus. His promise is, I will never leave you or forsake you. He was with Moses in Egypt in the Pharaoh, but he will be with you. And fourthly, God who says that he will promise, he had said like Moses, you will experience all the power. The verses you continue in Exodus chapter three, I hope you take time to dig deeper and read more in the Bible study. 
God showed his power in the presence of a Pharaoh. There is no power on earth today that limits the power of our almighty God, who we can never contain. I trust that we will stand upon those promises. We'll be able to say, oh God, I trust you. You are all powerful. You are all knowing. I am going to be with you. But it doesn't just come easy like that. You know, it's, it's important for us, even as we think about this, that there are things that are clear in the scripture. I want to bring up a quote that was written by one of the pastors, you know, we've all known Pastor Rick Warren for over years, he said, you were made by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will never make sense. Are you tossing what is your purpose? What is your reason? Why do you exist? No God. Do you know how we're going to build Northland Church? Do you know how we're going to witness and fill the seats and populate the kingdom of, 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 of heaven? Is that we need to know the, the, the God that we're building upon. And he gives us, let me give you this couple of steps that we can think about. That these are just steps that come right out of the scripture we'll see. We need to know the salvation he has given to us. We need to know that we trust Jesus Christ, our Savior. If you've known him, you've believed in him, then you have a mission. But if you've been wondering, well, I don't get this God thing, keep coming. That's what church is for. You know, we, we, we talk about we disciple people. You have to be a believer or non-believer. We can prove that in scripture that you don't have to trust God to start to follow him. Just keep coming. But you have to trust Jesus Christ as your savior. That you know you're a sinner. God loves you and you can trust in his love. And you said, I repent, I forgive me of my sin. That my salvation. Or maybe you've been in church, but you don't know when last you told people about this power of God that he has given to you. You have, to, you have not declared that for others. You are just one of those Christians in hiding. Do that. Let the worship of God, another thing we can take out, the worship of God takes us everywhere we go. Worship in this place, worship online, wherever you are, declare God's greatness by his glory, by worship. Be on mission with God. Get hold of that mission. This place you've been wanting to go for God, you are not yet there. But God wants you to get there. If there's any way we as the church can help you to grow deeper in Jesus, to take a next step, to say, okay, I know Jesus. How can you disciple me? What can you tell me? We are here for that. Or you said, I can't figure this thing out. We'll walk with you through your mission, building relationship for eternity. We're going to go into a time of prayer where I want to challenge all of us and say, God, I haven't really, known, I've known your name and I want to build upon your name, but I haven't gotten hold of your mission. We need to pray a prayer of dedication and recommitment to build, to add to this kingdom of God. There are old, you know, sometimes when you are building, you have to dismantle some old stuff. Some bad stuff that has gone on. You know, those who do remodeling. You need to implode the building and rebuild. We may need to build our lives in Christ by putting off so that we can put on. We need to rebuild by saying, God, the reputation of Jesus Christ. I need to build that. I need to be above reproach. I need to be the kingdom. I don't know where you are this morning on the sound of my voice, but you are called to build the kingdom of God at Northland. Build upon God. Don't build upon a building or a person. Build upon Him. Let me invite us all to please stand for this prayer of commitment, rededication, wherever you may be. 
I want us to pray that God, we're going to build your church. God, we're going to build your kingdom. God, we're going to make a difference in our homes, in our neighborhood. And pray that God will show you he will, that we will build. So in a moment of silence, pray your prayer of commitment and dedication. And I will close us out before we go into our next worship song. Father, in the quietness of these moments, you hear my brothers and sisters and those online, in any way they are asking you, Lord, we want to build, build our lives, build our character, build our families, build our church, build our community, build our countries, our nations. So God, will you answer these prayers? And for those who we trust you as their savior, Receive them, Father, because they are building on the firm foundation of God our Father. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's worship in the song.